morning, folks. Now, the thing about Psalms is they're not written as a text to be studied. They're poetry. They're full of rich symbolism and metaphor. And they're meant to be experienced on a very deep level and prayed through. So what I want to do today is take our psalm slowly. And I've got visuals as well. And just so that we can try and experience it on a deep emotional level rather than just processing the words. Over to Ruth. Psalm 65, a psalm of David. Praise awaits you, our God, in Zion, for to you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God, our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. Who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength. who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves. And the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, Where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water. to provide the people with grain, for you so, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow, the hills are clothed with gladness. Mm 
The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Thanks, Ruth. So, something we seem to have lost in our society is awe and wonder at the creation and our creator. We watch Brian Cox programs and we're filled with awe and wonder at the mysteries of the universe. But Brian Cox is an atheist. He believes everything's come about by random chance. We watch David Attenborough and we're filled with awe and wonder at the amazingness of the natural world. But we don't look at it as a creation with a creator. And the wonderful thing about Psalm 65 is it restores that awe and wonder in God. So let's set the scene. We have a group of people waiting for God. Now, it says a psalm by David, so they would be waiting for God in the tabernacle, that is the tent, uh, where the ark was, where God was physically present on earth between the wings of the cherubim. But later editions, I think, mention the temple in Jerusalem and the courts of the temple where God was physically present among his people. And they're waiting with praise to see God. But it's interesting because the word for praise is not about sung praise. It's silence. These are people who are dumbstruck with awe and wonder, waiting for their God to appear. Not quite the way I feel on a Sunday morning, but it gives me inspiration, doesn't it, for how we should be feeling as we come into the presence of God, into his house. And why are they so struck with awe and wonder? Because God is the God of the whole earth, not just Israel. God is the God of all people and God answers prayers. The people were overwhelmed by sins, but God forgave them. Now, it might be that Psalm 65 was used in a harvest festival in the Jewish um, year called the Festival of Shelters because immediately before it was the Day of Atonement when the priest takes away the sins of the people for a year. And so those two would naturally fall together. And next, just the wonder of being close to God in his house filled with the good things of the house of the holy temple. So once again, who is this God? This God that they worship. It's the God who answers their prayers with awesome and righteous deeds. God the saviour, God the hope of the earth and of the father's seas. The God who created the mountains, the God who stilled the storm. I wonder 
if Jesus thought about Psalm 65 as he calmed the storm on Galilee. The God who stops the turmoil of nations, the God who is Lord over the whole earth and all the nations. This is the God. And what do they feel? The whole earth is filled with awe at the wonder of the Lord. And we sing songs of joy. Now the other thing that we've lost in our society is the connection between God's provision and our need. Now in David's day, it was much more clear. When David was a shepherd, he knew that if the rains didn't come, the grasses would dry up and eventually the sheep would die. He knew he was completely dependent on those rains and the fruitfulness of the earth. But nowadays what happens, if we don't look into it, we just, we earn our money, we pay our money, and we get our food, and we might not know where on earth it's come from. We're not aware of the provision, we just have all these complex supply chains. So that when we buy meat, we don't know if that animal has lived a terrible life in a factory farm. When we buy coffee, we don't know if the beans were, were actually picked by child slaves. When we eat soft fruit, we don't know how many thousands of miles it's flown in an aeroplane. But what we don't have is that sense of God providing and the earth being abundant. And once again, that is something that Psalm 65 brings back to us in this beautiful picture of God watering the earth of the crops growing, of the herds flourishing, of all of creation singing with joy because of God's provision. But that is not our experience nowadays, is it? We're on the brink of climate disaster because of ignorance, complacency, greed, and in sometimes pure evil, we are beginning to see all the beauty of God's provision being dried up or flooded or burnt. The lovely picture of the waters falling at the right time gently and doing just the right job, we're not seeing anymore. In East Africa, They've had five years without rain. The crops are dying, the animals are dying, and the people are moving away. A million people displaced. And then there's the rain, which is no longer coming softly. It's coming with force. So we've just had the situation where a third of Pakistan was underwater. What effect has that had on its agriculture? At the moment, vast areas of Greece, the richest agricultural land, are just a mess of mud following the floods. And that's not even talking about Libya, is it? That perfect storm of torrential rain due to global warming, plus a chaotic failing government 
but couldn't maintain the dams, leading to a disaster of unimaginable proportions. And that's the world we live in now. So what does Psalm 65 have to say about that? Psalm 65 says that our God is the God who answers prayers. Who answers prayers with awesome and righteous deeds. Now we know what we have to do to help with the climate emergency. We talked about it last week. We know that we have to change the way we buy and what we buy, what we eat, how we travel, how we warm our homes and light our homes. So many things that we are capable of changing. But what Psalm 65 calls us to do is pray to this almighty God. This is like a once in a generation time when we all have to get down on our knees and we have to do it individually and we have to do it corporately and we have to do it worldwide. All the Christians in the world need to get together and get serious about praying because we know that God will act with awesome and righteous deeds. Now we don't know what God is going to do. We know that he answers our prayers. We know he listens to us. We also know in this world there is always going to be ignorance and complacency and greed and downright evil. So let's just fast forward. We've looked at Psalm 65 in terms of tabernacle and temple worship and maybe a bit about how we should be bringing Psalm 65 into our own lives. But let's fast forward. Jesus has come back. Heaven and earth have been rebuilt. There has been a judgment. There's been a destruction of evil. And now the people wait for their God to praise him. But what do they see? They see Jesus face to face in their midst. And where would they rather be in the whole of this new creation than in the presence of Jesus? Jesus who's answered all their prayers. Their sins have been forgiven, not by the blood of animals, but by Jesus' death on the cross. All the people gather together to worship. To worship the God who has reformed the mountains, who has stilled the storm, who has stopped the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth now is filled with awe at the wonders of God. Everyone can see it. When morning dawns, when the evening fades, everyone comes forward to praise God. And our world is full of abundance. The rain always falls on the right times. The, the crops grow, the animals flourish, everything sings for joy, and the farmers delight in their work. This is our hope. We don't live in Brian Cox's universe created by random chance. Someone is in charge. We have a creator. We have an all-powerful God who loves us and will make everything all right. We have a message of hope for all peoples. 
that this is not the end. That in the end, everything is going to be good 